Blackwater Radio, the music you want. With your host, Steve Dan. I am the smartest man alive! RadioWhat.com What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com and DJLittleRock.com coming at you live and in living color from the Radio What studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Smarter. It's kind of a companion podcast to the What Makes You Famous podcast. I'm addicted to podcasts. I, I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I want to do these all the time. So I want to learn things. And maybe you want to learn things as well. So I'm going to add this to the feed. What makes you smarter? It's me learning stuff. I find that when I talk things through, I learn them better. So if you like the sound of my voice, if you find it soothing, well, maybe you'll take this journey along with me. What makes you smarter? Today on the program, I want to learn more about St. Patrick's Day. I've always liked St. Patrick's Day. It's always been a holiday that I really enjoy. Apparently, I'm half Irish, or I have some Irish in me. In any case, I've adopted the Irish heritage as part of my persona. In fact, in 2001, I bought an Irish national kilt that was made in Ireland. I bought it from a little Irish boutique in Fort Lauderdale. I can't remember the name of the boutique, or else I'd give them a shout-out. I apologize irrevocably. It's probably the only Irish boutique in the Fort Lauderdale area. I probably should have looked it up before I started this podcast. But that's on me. Now, throughout this podcast, I'll be trying, attempting to pronounce Gaelic words. I will probably fail miserably. So please bear with me. We're going to go and dive into St. Patrick's Day. Let's start off with a definition of St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day, or the Feast of St. Patrick. Mm. I'm hungry already is a cultural and religious celebration held on the 17th of March, the traditional death date of St. Patrick. Apparently, he lived from A.D. 385 to 461. He is the foremost patron saint of Ireland. St. Patrick's Day was made an official Christian feast day in the early 17th century and is observed by the Catholic Church, the Anglican Communion, especially the Church of Ireland. The Eastern Orthodox Church and the Lutheran Church. The day commemorates St. Patrick and the arrival of Christianity in Ireland and celebrates the heritage and culture of the Irish in general. Celebrations generally involve public parades and festivals. Celis? Gonna have to find out what that is. Let's click on it. Find out what Celis is. Okay. The pop-up says... A salad, a salad, Scottish Gaelic pronunciation, is a traditional Scottish or Irish social gathering. In its most basic form, it simply means a social visit. In contemporary usage, it involves dancing and playing Gaelic folk music, either at a house party or a larger concert at a social hall 
or other community gathering place. All right. Sounds good. Let's go back to <laughs> St. Patrick's Day. A cellus and the wearing of green attire or shamrocks. What's a shamrock? Oh, a shamrock is a young sprig used as a symbol of Ireland. St. Patrick, Ireland's patron saint, is said to have used it as a metaphor for the Christian Holy Trinity. The name shamrock comes from the Irish shamrog. Oh, I probably butchered that. Sorry, Irish folk. Which is the diminutive of the Irish word and simply means young clover. Okay, that's a shamrock. I knew what they were. I just didn't know what they meant. How about that? Continuing, Christians who belong to liturgical denominations also attend church services. And historically, the Lenten restrictions on eating. Wait, let's back up. What's Lenten? Lent is a solemn religious observance in the Christian liturgical calendar that begins on Ash Wednesday and ends approximately six weeks later before Easter Sunday. The purpose of Lent is the preparation of the believer for Easter through prayer, doing penance, mortifying the flesh. Oh, let's dig into that. What's more, what's mortifying of the flesh? Okay, the pop-up there says, Mortification of the flesh is an act by which an individual or group seeks to mortify or put to death their sinful nature as a part of the process of sanctification. In Christianity, common forms of mortification that are practiced to this day include fasting, abstinence, as well as pious kneeling. Also common amongst Christian religious orders in the past were the wearing of sackcloth. Well, let's dig into what's sackcloth. <laughs> sackcloth is a coarsely woven fabric, usually made of goat's hair, and it later came to mean also a garment made of such cloth which was chiefly worn as a token of mourning by the Israelites. All right, that's sackcloth. <laughs> Continuing. As well as flagellation. Okay, this is uh, continuing with the mortification of the flesh. As well as flagellation in imitation of Jesus of Nazareth, suffering and death by crucifixion. <laughs> mortification of the flesh. Let's go back to Lent. In addition to mortifying the flesh, uh, repentance of sins, almsgiving, almsgiving. Let's see what that is. Alms or almsgiving involves giving to others as an act of virtue, either materially or in the sense of providing capabilities like education for free. It exists in a number of religions and regions. Okay, that's alms. Continuing after almsgiving in Lent is denial of ego. What's that? Denial of ego. Pop-up. Asceticism. A-S-C-E-T-I-C-I-S-M. Asceticism. Let's go with that. <laughs> it's a lifestyle characterized by abstinence from sensual pleasures, often for the purpose of pursuing spiritual goals. Okay. Asceticism. 
A-S-C-E-T-I-C-I-S-M. Ascetism. Continuing with Lent. Oh, that's the denial of ego. All right, let's go back to St. Patrick's Day. After all that Lent, Lenten restrictions on eating and drinking alcohol were lifted for the day, which has encouraged and propagated the holiday's tradition of alcohol consumption. St. Patrick's Day is a public holiday in the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland, the Canadian province of Newfoundland and Labrador, and the British Overseas Territory of Montserrat. It is widely celebrated by the Irish Diaspora. Irish Diaspora? What's that? Another pop-up. The Irish Diaspora refers to Irish people and their descendants who live outside the island of Ireland. All right, Diaspora. Irish people that don't live in Ireland. Sounds good. I guess I would qualify. I guess. I think. Around the world, especially in the United Kingdom, Canada, United States, Brazil, Argentina, Australia, and New Zealand, St. Patrick's Day is celebrated in more countries than any other national festival. Modern celebrations have been greatly influenced by those of the Irish diaspora, particularly those that developed in North America. However, there has been criticism of St. Patrick's Day celebrations for having become too commercialized and for fostering negative stereotypes of the Irish people. Hmm, no kidding. Eh, uh, why is it that people think the Irish are all drunks? St. Patrick's Day. All right, let's go into St. Patrick. Who was St. Patrick? Patrick was a 5th century Romano-British Christian missionary and bishop in Ireland. Much of what is known about St. Patrick comes from the Declaration, which was allegedly written by Patrick himself. It is believed that he was born in Roman Britain in the 4th century into a wealthy Romano-British family. His father was a deacon, and his grandfather was a priest in the Christian church. According to the Declaration, at the age of 16, he was kidnapped by Irish raiders and taken as a slave to Gaelic Ireland. It says that he spent six years there working as a shepherd and that during this time he found God. That's in quotation marks. The declaration says that God told Patrick to flee the coast where a ship would be waiting to take him home. After making his way home, Patrick went on to become a priest. According to tradition, Patrick returned to Ireland to convert the pagan Irish to Christianity. The declaration says that he spent many years evangelizing in the northern half of Ireland and converted, quotation, thousands. Patrick's efforts against the Druids were, wait, I know what Druids, well, I know something about Druids. Let's find out more. A little pop up here. A Druid was a member of the high-ranking professional class in ancient Celtic or Celtic cultures. How do you say it? Celtic or Celtic? Hmm. Perhaps best remembered as religious leaders. They were also legal authorities, adjudicators, lore keepers, medical professionals, 
and political advisors. While the Druids are reported to have been illiterate, they are believed to have been prevented by doctrine from recording their knowledge in written form. Thus, they left no written accounts of themselves. They are, however, attested in some detail by their contemporaries from other cultures, such as the Romans and the Greeks. Okay, that's what the Druids are. Back to St. Patrick. Patrick's efforts against the Druids were eventually turned into an allegory in which he drove, quotation mark, snakes out of Ireland, despite the fact that snakes were not known to inhabit the region. Okay, I've heard always, I've always heard about the snakes. Tradition holds that he died on the 17th of March and was buried in Downpatrick. Over the following centuries, many legends grew up around Patrick and he became Ireland's foremost saint. Cool. Let's go into the celebrations and traditions. Today's St. Patrick's Day celebrations have been greatly influenced by those that developed amongst the Irish diaspora, especially in North America, until the late 20th century. St. Patrick's Day was often a bigger celebration among the diaspora than it was in Ireland. Okay, that makes sense. Celebrations generally involve public parades and festivals, Irish traditional music sessions, and the wearing of green attire or shamrocks. There are also formal gatherings such as banquets and dances, although these were more common in the past. St. Patrick's Day parades began in North America in the 18th century, but did not spread to Ireland until the 20th century. The participants generally include marching bands, the military, fire brigades, cultural organizations, charitable organizations, voluntary associations, youth groups, fraternities, and so on. However, over time, many of the parades have become more akin to a carnival. More effort is made to use the Irish language, especially in Ireland, where the week of St. Patrick's Day is Irish Language Week. Cool. I need to learn some Gaelic. Since 2010, famous landmarks have been lit up in green on St. Patrick's Day as part of Tourism Ireland's Global Greening Initiative, and that's in quotation marks, or quotation marks, going green for St. Patrick's Day. The Sydney Opera House and the Sky Tower in Auckland were the first landmarks to participate, and since then, over 300 landmarks in 50 countries across the globe have gone green for St. Patrick's Day. Cool. Christians may also attend church services, and the Lenten restrictions on eating and drinking alcohol are lifted for the day. Perhaps because of this, drinking alcohol, particularly Irish whiskey, beer, or cider, has become an integral part of the celebrations. The St. Patrick's Day custom of, <laughs> quote, drowning the shamrock, or, quote, wetting the shamrock, was historically popular, especially in Ireland. At the end of the celebrations, a shamrock is put into the bottom of a cup which is then filled with whiskey, beer, or cider. It is then drunk as a toast to St. Patrick, Ireland, or those present. The shamrock would either be swallowed with the drink or taken out and tossed over the shoulder for good luck. 
Irish government ministers travel abroad on official visits to various countries around the globe to celebrate St. Patrick's Day and promote Ireland. The most prominent of these is the visit of the Irish Teosec, the Teosec? Oh, the Irish Prime Minister, T-A-O-I-S-E-A-C-H. I think every time I see that word, I'm just going to say Irish Prime Minister. I hate butchering your language. I'm sorry, Irish folk. With the U.S. president, which happens on or around St. Patrick's Day. Traditionally, the Irish Prime Minister presents the U.S. president a Waterford crystal bowl filled with shamrocks. This tradition began in 1952. The Irish ambassador to the U.S., John Hearn, sent a box of shamrocks to President Harry S. Truman. From then on, it became an annual tradition of the Irish ambassador to the U.S. to present the St. Patrick's Day shamrock to an official in the U.S. president's administration. Although, on some occasions, the shamrock presentation was made by the Irish president to the U.S. president personally in Washington, such as when President Dwight D. Eisenhower met the Irish Prime Minister John A. Costello in 1956 and President Sean T. O'Kelly in 1959, or when President Ronald Reagan met Irish President Garrett Fitzgerald in 1986 and the Irish President Charles J. Howie in 1987. However, it was only after the meeting between Albert Reynolds and Bill Clinton in 1994 that the presenting of the Shamrock Ceremony became an annual event for the leaders of both countries for St. Patrick's Day. Ah, 1994. All right, let's continue on learning about St. Patrick's Day with one of my favorite things about the celebration, is wearing green. On St. Patrick's Day, it is customary to wear shamrocks, green clothing, or green accessories. St. Patrick is said to have used the shamrock, a three-leaved plant, to explain the Holy Trinity to the pagan Irish. This story first appears in writing in 1726, though it may be older. In pagan Ireland, Three was a significant number, and the Irish had many triple deities, a fact that may have aided St. Patrick in his evangelization efforts. Patrick Monaghan says there's no evidence that the shamrock was sacred to the pagan Irish. However, Jack Santino speculates that it may have represented the regeneration powers of nature and was recast in a Christian context. Icons of St. Patrick often depict the saint with a cross in one hand and a sprig of shamrocks in the other. Roger Holman writes, We can perhaps see St. Patrick drawing upon the visual concept of the Triskali. Hmm, what's a Triskali? Pop-up? A Triskelion or Triskali is a motif consisting of a triple spiral exhibiting Rotation symmetry. The spiral design can be based on interlocking Archimedean spirals or represent three bent human legs. Hmm. Okay. A triskelion is a traditional symbol of Sicily 
where it is called the Trinacera, from the Greek three. It consists of three large capes. Hmm. Okay, so it's a three-pointed symbol, Triskelion, which uses the shamrock to explain the trinity. Okay, so he kind of used the three leaves to explain when they were already with a three-headed deity. The first association of the color green with Ireland is from the 11th century, pseudo-historical book. And here comes my butchering of the Gaelic, Labor Gabala Eren, the book of the taking of Ireland, which forms part of the mythological cycle in Irish mythology and describes the story of Goldell Glass, who is credited as the eponymous ancestor of the Gaels and creator of the Goldelic languages, which is Irish, Scottish Gaelic, and Manx. Manx, pop-up. Manx language, also known as the Manx Gaelic, and historically spelled Manx, is a Goldic Celtic language of the Indo-European language family that was first spoken Oh, the Isle of Man. Okay, there you go. That's Manx. They're from the Island of Man, and they speak this form of Gaelic. Moving on. In the story, Godel Glass, who was the son of Skota and Neul, was bitten by a snake and was saved from death by Moses, placing his staff on the snake bite. As a reminder of the incident, he would retain a green mark that would stay with him, and he would lead his people to a land that would be free of snakes. This is emphasized in his name, Goidel, which was anglicized to the word Gaelic and glass, which is the Irish word for green. Another story from the Labor Gabala Eren, written after the adventures of Godel Glass, refers to Ith. Climbing the tower, in reference to the Tower of Hercules. His father, Breogion, builds in Brigantia, which is modern-day Caruna in Galicia, Spain, on a winter's day, and is so captivated by the sight of a beautiful green island in the distance that he must set sail immediately. This story also introduces three national personifications of Ireland, Bamba, Fodla and Eriu. The color green was further associated with Ireland from the 1640s when the green harp flag was used by the Irish Catholic Confederation. Green ribbons and shamrocks have been worn on St. Patrick's Day since at least the 1680s. The Friendly Brothers of St. Patrick, an Irish fraternity founded in about 1750, adopted green as its color. However, when the Order of St. Patrick, an Anglo-Irish chivalric order, was founded in 1783, it adopted blue as its color, which led to blue being associated with St. Patrick. During the 1790s, green would become associated with Irish nationalism due to its use by the United Irishmen. This was a Republican organization, led mostly by Protestants, but with many Catholic members. 
who launched a rebellion in 1798 against British rule. The phrase, quotation marks, wearing the green, quotation, comes from a song of the same name, which laments United Irishmen supporters being persecuted for wearing green. The late 19th century and early 20th centuries have seen the reemergence of Irish cultural symbols, such as the Irish language, Irish mythology, and the color green. Through the Gaelic revival and the Irish literary revival, which served to stir Irish nationalist sentiment. The influence of green was more prominently observable in the flags of the 1916 Easter Rising, such as the sunburst flag, the starry plough flag, the proclamation flag of the Irish Republic, which was flown over the General Post Office in Dublin, together with the Irish tricolor. Throughout these centuries, the color green and its association with St. Patrick's Day grew. The wearing of the St. Patrick's Day cross was also a popular custom in Ireland until the early 20th century. These were a Celtic Christian cross made of paper that was covered with silk or ribbon of different colors and a bunch of rosette of green silk in the center. Okay, I'm learning a little bit more about St. Patrick's Day. And hopefully you're still with me and learning along with me. Let's go over some of the celebrations by region. In Ireland, St. Patrick's Feast Day, as a kind of national day, was already being celebrated by the Irish in Europe in the 9th and 10th centuries. In later times, he became more and more widely seen as the patron of Ireland. St. Patrick's Feast Day was finally placed on the universal liturgical calendar in the Catholic Church due to the influence of the Waterford-born Franciscan scholar Luke Wadding in the early 1600s. St. Patrick's Day thus became a holy day of obligation for Roman Catholics in Ireland. It is also a feast day in the Church of Ireland, which is part of the worldwide Anglican Communion. The church calendar avoids the observance of saints' feasts during certain solemnities, moving the saints' day to a time outside of those periods. St. Patrick's Day is occasionally affected by this requirement. When the 17th of March falls during Holy Week, this happened in 1940 when St. Patrick's Day was observed on the 3rd of April to avoid it coinciding with Palm Sunday, and again in 2008 where it was officially observed on the 15th of March. St. Patrick's Day will not fall within Holy Week again until 2160. However, the popular festivities may still be held on the 17th of March or on a weekend near to the feast day. In 1903, St. Patrick's Day became an official public holiday in Ireland. This was thanks to the Bank Holiday Act in 1903, an act of the United Kingdom Parliament introduced by Irish Member of Parliament James O'Mara. O'Mara later introduced the law which required that public houses be shut on the 17th of March after drinking got out of hand, a provision that was repealed in the 1970s. The first St. Patrick's Day in Ireland was held in Waterford in 1903. 
The week of St. Patrick's Day 1903 had been declared Irish Language Week by the Gaelic League. And in Waterford, they opted to have a procession on Sunday, the 15th of March. The procession was comprised of the mayor and members of the Waterford Corporation, the Trades Hall, the various trade unions and bands who included the Barrack Saint Band and the Thomas Francis Meager Band. The parade began at the premises of the Gaelic League in George's Saint and finished in the People's Park, where the public were addressed by the mayor and other dignitaries. On Tuesday, the 17th of March, most Waterford businesses, including public houses, were closed and marching bands paraded as they had two days previously. The Waterford Trades Hall had been emphatic that the national holiday be observed. On St. Patrick's Day 1916, the Irish Volunteers, an Irish national paramilitary organization, held parades throughout Ireland. The authorities recorded 38 St. Patrick's Day parades involving 6,000 marchers, almost half of whom were said to be armed. The following month, the Irish Volunteers launched the Easter Rising against British rule. This marked the beginning of the Irish Revolutionary Period and led to the Irish War of Independence and Civil War. During this time, St. Patrick's Day celebrations in Ireland were muted, although the day was sometimes chosen to hold large political rallies. The celebrations remained low-key after the creation of the Irish Free State. The only state-organized observance was a military procession and trooping of the colors, an Irish-language mass attended by government ministers. In 1927, the Irish Free State Government banned the selling of alcohol on St. Patrick's Day, although it remained legal in Northern Ireland. The ban was not repealed until 1961. The first official state-sponsored St. Patrick's Day parade in Dublin took place in 1931. A Northern Ireland celebration of St. Patrick's Day was affected by sectarian divisions. A majority of the population were Protestant, Ulster Unionist, who saw themselves as British, while a substantial minority were Catholic Irish, Nationalist, who saw themselves as Irish. Although it was a public holiday, Northern Ireland's Unionist government did not officially observe St. Patrick's Day. During the conflict known as the Troubles, in the late 1960s to the late 1990s, public St. Patrick's Day celebrations were rare and tended to be associated with the Catholic community. In 1976, loyalists detonated a car bomb outside the pub crowded with Catholics celebrating St. Patrick's Day. In Dungannon, four civilians were killed and many injured. However, some Protestant Unionists attempted to reclaim the festival, and in 1985, the Orange Order held its own St. Patrick's Day parade. Since the end of the conflict in 1998, there have been cross-community St. Patrick's Day parades in towns throughout Northern Ireland, which have attracted thousands of spectators. In the mid-1990s, the government of the Republic of Ireland began a campaign to use St. Patrick's Day to showcase Ireland and its culture. 
the government set up a group called St. Patrick's Festival with the aims of, one, to offer a national festival that ranks amongst the greatest celebrations in the world, two, to create energy and excitement throughout Ireland via innovation, creativity, grassroots involvement, and marketing activity, three, to provide the opportunity and motivation for people of Irish descent and those who sometimes wish they were Irish to attend and join the imaginative and expressive celebrations. Four, to project internationally an accurate image of Ireland as a creative, professional, and sophisticated country with wide appeal. That makes sense. They were trying to get rid of that stigma that Irish people drink too much. No, they're more than that. Continuing, the first St. Patrick's Festival was held on the 17th of March, 1996. In 1997, it became a three-day event, and by 2000, it was a four-day event. By 2006, the festival was five days long. More than 675,000 people attended the 2009 parade. Overall, 2009's five-day festival saw almost one million visitors who took part in the festivities that included concerts, outdoor theater performances, and fireworks. The Skyfest, which ran from 2006 to 2012, formed the centerpiece of the St. Patrick's Festival. The topic of the 2004 St. Patrick's Symposium was Talking Irish, during which the nature of Irish identity, economic success, and the future were discussed. Since 1996, there has been a greater emphasis on celebrating and projecting a fluid and inclusive notion of, quotations, Irishness, rather than an identity based around traditional religious or ethnic allegiance. The week around St. Patrick's Day usually involves Irish language speakers using more Irish during, I'm going to butcher this, Siakchain na Gaelig. Irish Language Week. Christian leaders in Ireland have expressed concern about the secularization of St. Patrick's Day. In the World Magazine's March 2007 issue, Father Vincent Toomey wrote, It is time to reclaim St. Patrick's Day as a church festival. He questioned the need for mindless alcohol-fueled revelry and concluded that it is time to bring piety and the fun together. As well as Dublin, many other cities, towns, and villages in Ireland hold their own parades and festivals, including Cork, Belfast, Derry, Galway, Kilkenny, Limerick, and Waterford. The biggest celebrations outside the cities are in Downpatrick, County Down, where St. Patrick is said to be buried. The shortest St. Patrick's Day celebration in the world formerly took place in Dripsy, County Cork. The parade lasted just 23.4 meters and traveled between the village's two pubs. The annual event began in 1999, but ceased after five years when one of the two pubs closed. <laughs> there are many other traditions observed elsewhere in Europe. I'll go over a little bit of them. Let's see. In England, the British royals traditionally present bowls of shamrock to members of the Irish Guards a regiment in the British Army following Queen Alexandra 
introducing the tradition in 1901. Since 2012, the Duchess of Cambridge has presented the bowls of shamrock to the Irish guards. While female royals were often tasked with presenting the bowls of shamrock, male royals have also done this, such as King George VI in 1950, to mark the 50th anniversary of the formation of the Irish Guards, and in 2016, the Duke of Cambridge in place of his wife. Fresh shamrocks are presented to the Irish Guards, regardless of where they are stationed, and are flown in from Ireland. While some St. Patrick's Day celebrations could be conducted openly in Britain pre-1960s, this would change following the commencement by the IRA's bombing campaign on mainland Britain. And as a consequence, this resulted in a suspicion of all things Irish and those who supported them, which led to people of Irish descent wearing a sprig of shamrock on St. Patrick's Day in private or attending specific events. Today, many years following the Good Friday Agreement, the people of Irish descent openly wear a sprig of shamrock to celebrate their Irishness. In Malta, the first St. Patrick's Day celebrations uh, took place in the early 20th centuries by soldiers of the Royal Dublin Fulsiers, who were stationed in Floriana. Celebrations were held in the Balsadetta area of town, which contained a number of bars and was located close to the barracks. The Irish diaspora in Malta continued to celebrate the feast annually. In Russia, the first St. Patrick's Day parade took place in 1992. Since 1999, there's been a yearly St. Patrick's Day festival in Moscow and other Russian cities. In Sarajevo, the capital city of Bosnia and Herzegovina, has a large Irish expatriate community. The community established the Sarajevo Irish Festival in 2015, which is held for three days around and including St. Patrick's Day. In Scotland, the Scottish town of Coatbridge, where the majority of the town's population are of Irish descent, also has a St. Patrick's Day festival, which includes celebrations and parades in the town center. In Switzerland, well, St. Patrick's Day in Switzerland is commonly celebrated on the 17th of March with festivities similar to those in neighboring Central European countries. It is not unusual for Swiss students to organize celebrations in their own living spaces on St. Patrick's Eve. Most popular are usually those in Zurich's Christ 4. Traditionally, guests also contribute with beverages and dress in green. In Japan, St. Patrick's Day parades are now held in many locations across Japan. The first parade in Tokyo was organized by the Irish Network in Japan in 1992. In Korea, the Irish Association of Korea has celebrated St. Patrick's Day since 1976 in Seoul, the capital of South Korea. In Malaysia, the St. Patrick's Society of Selangor, founded in 1925, organizes a yearly St. Patrick's Day ball, described as the biggest St. Patrick's Day celebration in Asia. Montserrat, on the island of Montserrat, known as the Emerald Island of the Caribbean because of its founding by Irish refugees from St. Kitts and Nevis, 
Montserrat is one of the three places where St. Patrick's Day is a public holiday, along with Ireland and the Canadian province of Newfoundland and Labrador. The holiday in Montserrat also commemorates a failed slave uprising that occurred on the 17th of March in 1768. On the International Space Station, the astronauts on board have celebrated the festival in different ways. Irish-American Catherine Coleman played a 100-year-old flute belonging to Matt Malloy and a tin whistle belonging to Patty Maloney, both members of the Irish musical group The Chieftains, while floating weightless in the space station on St. Patrick's Day in 2011. Her performance was later included in a track called The Chieftains in Orbit on the group's album Voice of Ages. Chris Hadfeld took photographs of Ireland from Earth orbit and a picture of himself wearing green clothing in the space station and posted them online on St. Patrick's Day in 2013. He also posted online a recording of himself singing Danny Boy in space. And now on to celebrations of St. Patrick's Day in North America. In Canada, one of the longest-running and largest St. Patrick's Day in North America occurs each year in Montreal, whose city flag includes a shamrock in its lower right quadrant. The yearly celebration has been organized by the United Irish Societies of Montreal since 1929. The parade has been held yearly without interruption since 1824. St. Patrick's Day itself, however, has been celebrated in Montreal since as far back as 1759 by Irish soldiers in the Montreal garrison following the British conquest of New France. In St. John, New Brunswick, St. Patrick's Day is celebrated as a week-long celebration. Shortly after the J.P. Collins Celtic Festival is an Irish festival celebrating St. John's Irish heritage. The festival is named for a young Irish doctor, James Patrick Collins, who worked on Partridge Island, St. John County, quarantine station, tending to sick Irish immigrants before he died there himself. In Manitoba, the Irish Association of Manitoba runs a yearly three-day festival of music and culture based around St. Patrick's Day. In 2004, Celtic Fest Vancouver Society organized its first yearly festival in downtown Vancouver to celebrate the Celtic nations and their cultures. This event, which includes a parade, occurs each year during the weekend nearest St. Patrick's Day. In Quebec City, there was a parade from 1837 to 1926. The Quebec City St. Patrick Parade returned in 2010 after more than 84 years. For the occasion, a portion of New York Police Department pipes and drums were present as special guests. There has been a parade held in Toronto since at least 1863. There is a large parade in the city's downtown on the Sunday before the 17th of March, which attracts over 100,000 spectators. The Toronto Maple Leafs hockey team was known as the Toronto St. Patrick's from 1919 to 1927 and wore green jerseys. In 1999, when the Maple Leafs played on St. Patrick's Day, 
they wore green St. Patrick's retro uniforms. Some groups, notably Guinness, have lobbied to make St. Patrick's Day a national holiday. In March 2009, the Calgary Tower changed its top exterior lights to new green CFL bulbs just in time for St. Patrick's Day, part of an environmental nonprofit organization's campaign, Project Porchlight. The green represented environmental concerns. Approximately 210 lights were changed in time for St. Patrick's Day and resembled a leprechaun's hat. After a week, white CFLs took their place. The change was estimated to save the Calgary Tower some $12,000 and reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 104 tons. That's T-O-N-N-E-S. Moving further south in North America, in Mexico, the St. Patrick's Day Battalion is honored in Mexico on St. Patrick's Day. Moving further south in South America, Argentina, in Buenos Aires, a party is held in the downtown street of Huaconquista, where there are several Irish pubs. In 2006, there were 50,000 people in the street and the pubs nearby. Neither the Catholic Church nor the Irish community, the fifth largest in the world outside Ireland, take part in the organization of the parties. And finally, celebrations in United States of St. Patrick's Day. Hey, St. Patrick's Day, while not a legal holiday in the United States, is nonetheless widely recognized and observed throughout the country as a celebration of Irish and Irish-American culture. Celebrations include prominent displays of the color green, religious observances, numerous parades, and copious consumption of alcohol. The holiday has been celebrated in North America since the late 18th century. There is some criticism about St. Patrick's Day celebrations. They've been criticized particularly for their association with public drunkenness and disorderly conduct. Some argue that the festivities have become too commercialized and tacky and have strayed from their original purpose of honoring St. Patrick and Irish heritage. Journalist Niall O'Dowd has criticized attempts to recast St. Patrick's Day as a celebration of multiculturalism rather than a celebration of Irishness. St. Patrick's Day celebrations have also been criticized for fostering demeaning stereotypes of Ireland and Irish people. An example is the wearing of leprechaun outfits, which is based on a derogatory 19th century caricatures of the Irish. In the run-up to St. Patrick's Day in 2014, the Ancient Order of Hibernians successfully campaigned to stop major American retailers from selling novelty merchandise that promoted negative Irish stereotypes. Some have described St. Patrick's Day celebrations outside of Ireland as displays of plastic pattiness. That's in quotations. Let's find out what that is. Hmm, plastic pattiness. Oh, plastic patty. It's a slang expression describing a synthetic impression of personalities seeking assimilation to contemporary and traditional Irish culture. Ah, you're a plastic patty. <laughs> Great. Additionally, LGBT groups in the U.S. were banned from marching in St. Patrick's Day parades in New York City and Boston, resulting in the landmark Supreme Court decision of Hurley versus Irish-American gay, lesbian, and bisexual groups of Boston 
in New York City, the ban was lifted in 2014. But LGBT groups still find that barriers to participation exist. In Boston, the ban on LGBT group participation was lifted in 2015. And that wraps up my delve into St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick, and the celebrations around the world. Wow, I learned a little bit more about St. Patrick's Day. It's not just about wearing green. There's a lot of history there. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble on about St. Patrick's Day on this edition of What Makes You Smarter. It's a companion piece to the What Makes You Famous podcast. If you want to participate in the What Makes You Famous podcast and tell your story, give me a call at 305-470-6386 or send me an email, info at radiowhat.com. It's Keys Dan from radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com, saying thank you very much. Peace. I'm out of here. Hey, Keys Dan. What you doing? My line. I'm playing the best music by request. 24 hours a day. Click on the request tab at the top of RadioWhat.com. RadioWhat.com. <laughs>